you're tuned into Toby Talks, special edition, Doctor of Nursing, Family Nurse Practitioner. Now you guys know I really like to get into the real on conversations or subjects, and the real for me is everyone is trying to go back to school, right, for a higher degree. And from what I see, sometimes I feel like a lot of people are just going back just to get the credentials, but literally I have no idea what they're doing, especially when it comes to the role of doctor of nursing practice. I mean, I've heard it so much, especially when they were changing from nurse practitioners going back and getting their PhD or their DNP. I really didn't know what that was about. I felt like, okay, more school. Y'all, I mean, how much of nursing can I really learn, right? Well, my guest today, Dr. Jessica Chung, drops all the details. I was so inspired by our conversation that it had me going back and looking at what kind of programs I can enroll in. Now, of course, that's going to be in the future because baby girl's still paying off student loans. But anywho, I am so excited for today's conversation because you're really going to learn about what a doctor of nursing practice actually does, especially when it comes to being a family nurse practitioner. And then on top of that, the programs that are out there, like my goodness, you can get a doctor's degree in a year or two. So I'm already talking too much and sharing too many details. Let's go ahead and hop into this conversation. Let's go ahead and hop into this conversation. I just really want to know what inspired you to even go into nursing? Like, what? how did that come about? So growing up in New York, um, my, well, first, my grandmother was a nurse. Uh, she attended Long Island University. Mm-hmm. And she actually went to back to nursing school in her 40s. Oh, so come on, that grandma. Someone out there. Mm-hmm. So she was a home care nurse, and I would have to spend many summers and many holidays driving around with her to see her patients at their homes. And I just thought it was torture. I was like, why is my mom doing this to me? Why do I have to drive around with grandma all summer to see patients? But um, watching her take care of her patients, she was very meticulous. And she did like awesome documentation. Just she wrote down every detail. And I saw the way she cared for her patients. So come time for me, you know, graduating high school, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an accountant. Oh, no, then I changed my mind. And I said, well, no, I'll try pre-med. And then finally, after my first year of college, I decided to go into nursing because I knew that I wanted to do something different in the way of helping people. And I've always loved science, so healthcare and health-related things, I always enjoyed learning about it. So I, I just decided to go into nursing after my first year of college. Of course, my grandmother was a big inspiration to me, she being a nurse and going back to nursing school later in her, her, her life. So it definitely motivated me to go into nursing. And I know that you didn't just, you know, go straight into BSN. You actually started from like the associates level, right? And you worked your way. What encouraged you to do that? Because I really want people to know the, you know, there's various ways to go into nursing and it's not just hopping into the BSN route. Yes. So I'm originally from New York and um, New York, 
very competitive to get into nursing programs. Mm. So I actually looked at going into Long Island University, where my grandmother graduated from, and I had applied to their BSN program and, um, you know, not knocking LIU. However, I felt like there were a lot of classes that they were requiring requiring me to take that mm-hmm. I did not need. Being that I had already did one year of undergrad, I had a lot of classes that I had under my belt already. So I went to New York City College of Technology, which is a CUNY school in New York. And it was a very straightforward associate's degree program. And I that's what I wanted at the time. I wanted straightforward. And I knew going into the associate's degree program that I would go back for my bachelor's degree, which I did right away. So, and everybody finds their own way and their path of going into nursing. And um, that was just my choice, just because I really wanted to just go in and do the nursing program as efficiently and quickly as I can. And, you know, with the intention to go back for my bachelor's degree. And that's, I, I'm glad that you're sharing that because I wish I knew that. I only knew one route, which was BSN, um, which to me always felt like it was more book heavy and um, not as strong and hands-on, especially for us learners who are tactile and visual learners. You know, I would love to be more hands-on. And the feedback I've gotten from a lot of associates programs are like, you know, you're, you're really hands-on and then there's book knowledge but you get that real um, live clinical experience that you really want to um, consume yourself with to become a strong nurse. So I'm glad that you're sharing that. So take me through your journey because uh, sister, you ain't hit all the levels. You went from associate, (laughs) bachelor's, master's and doctor of nursing practice. So I really, take me through that journey. Like, was it your experience at the bedside that made you go through all these various levels in education and and what growth and experience did it give you to finally get your doctorate and stay in that field of this is where I specialize and this is what I'm loving that I do. Yes. So I am definitely, apparently I'm a professional student. Girl. (laughs) Teach me something. I definitely, (laughs) I went into nursing knowing that I wanted to be a nurse practitioner And I knew that I was going to do whatever it took to get to that level. I knew that straight off the bat, I said, I want to be a nurse practitioner. This is exactly what I want. So after I got my associate's degree, I worked. uh, I worked as a nurse nurse in a nursing home Uh in Brooklyn, New York. And I also worked as a nurse case manager in Brooklyn. And... uh, in between there, I transitioned to moving from New York to Florida, and I decided to go back to my bachelor's, for my bachelor's degree. And um, at that time, a lot of hospitals were offering tuition reimbursement for any associate degree RNs to go back for their bachelor's degree. So, of oh. course, I took, exactly, I, I took uh, that opportunity. I definitely took advantage of that went back for my bachelor's, but I knew, I, I knew that I was going for my master's. There was no doubt about it. I wasn't waiting. I wasn't wasting time. So I uh, graduated with my bachelor's in 2012, 2013, 
went back for my master's degree, uh, went to South University and obtained my master's degree, family nurse practitioner. And um, so after I graduated with my master's, I did uh, obtain a position as a, in a primary care office. And I did not have my doctorate degree on my mind immediately. Okay. I had heard about it. I had new nurse practitioners that were going back for their, their DNP. But for some reason, I put it way in the back of my mind. I said, you know what? I did all this schooling already. I have reached my goal. I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. I made it. And then one day, um, and this is why you have to have good mentors in your life. You mm, have definitely mm. people who know you, but also see the potential in you. And so I actually was one day just at church doing something, doing ministry related. And my pastor, Pastor Collins, he walked up to me and said, you need to go back for your doctorate degree. And I said, no, sir, I didn't hear that from the Lord. Right. Like, did he also give you money for me to go back? Did the Lord I said, I had just graduated not too long ago with my master's. I was making a good salary. Life was good. I was, you know, not trying to write another paper. I said, I don't know. I don't know. I'll think about it. And he said, nope, you need to go back right now and you need to do it quickly. And so that was the beginning of 2017. So I said, okay, well, you know, I, I trust him as uh, um, a leader. I trust him as a mentor. I trust him as my pastor. So I decided, okay, well, if this is the path I'm going to take, there's, I, I put stipulations on my doctor degree. Mm. I said, well, Lord, you, you're going to have to, I have to get a program that is less than two years and I have to be done a, a year or, or two or less years. That was my stipulation. Mm -hmm. So I had, oh, and the next one was I had to either get in right away or no later than the summer of 2017. So wow. spring semester had already started for a lot of schools. And so that only left the summer. I had looked at so many schools. I had missed the deadline for so many of the DNP programs. Uh, many of them were over two years. Some of them were even up to four years. Ooh, and I said, well, uh, four years, I might as well go to medical school. But I said, medical school wasn't my calling. That's not really what I want to do. And then I came across the school I attended, which was Stanford University. And they actually had a summer start date. And not only did they have a summer start date, they had a accelerated one-year program. Now, this is not... This one-year program is not for the faint at heart. Mm. I took four some uh, took four classes per semester, mm. but I knew that I did not want to spend an exuberant amount of time obtaining my doctorate degree. I knew that there were goals, there were dreams that I wanted to reach, and I knew that I just wanted to get going. I didn't want to spend a lot of time and, and, you know, dragging out school and, and, you know, just taking semesters off. I was very straightforward in how I wanted to do it. But with that being said, I, I obtained my doctorate degree and I 
didn't realize how much more there was to learn in nursing, going back to my doctorate. A lot of times people may look at it as just obtaining a title. It is so much more. If you're just going back for your doctorate, for your DNP or your PhD for a title, then don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. There's That's so much what more. I'm to saying. Exactly. And there's, I think we don't so know what those something are. Like, share with me the differences between, you know, you were already a nurse practitioner. What is it right. more besides the credentials that you gain going to the doctorate program? Like, kind of, well, you know, share those sides for me. Definitely. Well, in the doctorate program, they. They give you what's called, well, at Stanford, it was called a capstone project. So basically, you become, in a way, you become a leader in nursing. You are literally developing a research project. You're the researcher. You're the data collector. Mm. You are the provider. You're the educator. You're everything. So when I initiated uh, my capstone project, I was like, this is great. I'm going to go into a primary care office. I'm going to just do, you know, a little project here. You know, I'm going to be done. But you have to delve so deep into it that it really pushes you and it really motivates you to go into those areas of healthcare that you would normally go into. Like realizing, for one, I did my project on patient education and medication adherence. Mm-hmm. And it taught me so much because we hear patients, you know, patients don't take their medicine. Yeah. Taking the wrong really amounts, wrong dose, wrong day. Right. Yeah. But you don't go into the details of what what's causing this problem. What's causing patients not to take their medication? And I found out it was simple. Patients just didn't have or they didn't feel they had good communication with their provider. Mm. So Going, doing that project for my, my doctorate program, it allowed me to even look at myself and say, okay, how can I be that provider? How can I be that, that nurse practitioner that communicates well, that communicates better with her patients? Because there's no point in me treating, diagnosing, and writing prescriptions if no one's getting better. My goal is for you to get better. My goal is for you to be healthy, stay healthy. And if communication is keeping that from happening, well, then I as a provider need to improve. So it allowed me to even look at myself as a healthcare provider and hopefully where I can teach and help other healthcare providers to communicate effectively with their, their patients. So it definitely opened my eyes to a lot, even my classmates, the projects they worked on. There's, there's so much that you can learn, and you definitely don't want to limit yourself. If mm-hmm. you want to go back to your doctorate, you know, whatever it is that you have a heart, a, a compassion for, whatever drives you, that is what you should focus on. That is what, you know, be that expert at whatever it is that drives you. And, and so my thing is that educating. I love educating. I love helping people help themselves. I don't feel like, oh, because I'm a healthcare provider that, you know, they should be dependent on me. If I help you get better and I don't have to see you again for another two years, then that tells me that I'm doing something. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. So 
that's my journey. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> to, that's to getting my degree. beyond your journey. You were really giving us an insight of what it's like to even gain that credentials. Like it's not just another title, but you truly worked hard for that. And and the outcome is really helping resolve those issues that patients have with medication adherence. And we see it all across the board, especially if you are in quality or if you are in, you know, the pharmaceutical aspect. We see this a lot. And it's really, really like an area that, you know, we'll continuously see people, patients come back in and in and in because they aren't following their instructions or they don't understand what this medication is doing or they have so many other medications that they can just easily get confused and be taking the wrong one, wrong dose, wrong date kind of thing. So um, I'm really, I really love that you actually did a deeper dive in that for your, um, for your program. So when you were already a, you're, you were already a nurse practitioner and you, you now changed your course to a doctor of nursing. I want to understand, I guess, the significance between that two. I mean, is it still the same kind of practice and just this time you have a a bigger title or did some of the roles that you did as a nurse practitioner change when you got your doctorate? Well, I I still work in the same role as far as employer, as a nurse practitioner. Um, The main thing for me as far as being a doctor of nursing is that I can open myself to any area or, you know, reach more people with the title and the, the level of education that I have, have uh, sorry, that I have obtained. So one thing that I definitely decided that I was going to do was use that knowledge and the skill set that I gained in obtaining my doctorate degree and be that motivator, be that role model that I wish I had in nursing school. Because when I went, when I decided to go for my associate's degree, I did not know, personally know a nurse practitioner. I did not personally know a doctor of nursing. And I think that now because the role has grown so much as far as the nurse practitioner and the doctor of nursing practice role. It has grown so much where now I have mentees, I have, you know, I always have nurses and even um, outside of nursing, other students and people in other professions that always ask me, how did you do it? What made you go further? I want to go back to school. I want to get my PhD. I want to get my MBA. So it's not just nursing, but where anywhere where I can be that person that to motivate and encourage and empower other people. I think that's definitely what I get out of obtaining the doctorate degree. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that you can do as far as educating, teaching, um, you know, professor, faculty, researching, publishing. There's so much you can do with your doctorate degree. And um, a lot of nurse practitioners are now, you know, starting their own clinics and their own practice. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, doors definitely open. I mean, we live in a society where people, and, and it could be a good thing and a bad thing, where people respect titles. And it's not so much because, oh, you have doctor in front of your name, but people respect the fact that you took time to gain more knowledge. You took time to master 
what it is that you have mastered. So people look at that and they will gravitate towards that. And you want to be the the leader of whatever it is that you you know whatever your skill set is whatever your area is you want to master it you you yeah. want to know everything you can know because you want to be able to help other people so that's basically where i am is that i i want to be in a place where i can help others and motivate them empower them whether it be in or outside of nursing I love that. I, I really love that inspiration that you just shared and, and the truth about it all, because uh, there was a time where I know when they had changed the, um, what was it, nurse practitioner program, they were grandfathering in those that wanted to do their DNP. And people just thought it was just another reason to just get more money from us to get hot to, you know, achieve a higher degree. And then on right. top of that, you know, there was doctors that were actually offended that a nurse could hold the title of a doctor. And yeah. um, there was a lot of confusion around that when, when this, you know, when this started to really come to light. What are your outlooks on that? Like, have you seen that kind of frustration? Do patients get confused when they see, you know, you as a doctor? Do, do, do you have to kind of explain your role or, or what? or maybe the better way of asking this is what does your role entail that's slightly different from a medical doctor as a doctor of nursing practice? Well, as a doctor of nursing practice, with my specialty being a nursing uh, nurse practitioner, because you could be a doctor of nursing practice, and but not, you know, be like a clinical nurse specialist or uh, be in the education side. But as my role, I just see it as, I just gained more experience and I've gained more education to help my patients. That's how I see it. And it's funny because my patients and people I even know personally have been calling me doctor way before I decided to go back for my doctorate degree. So it's it's funny because people always have called me like Dr. Jess and that's like been my nickname. Mm -hmm. And so now I just like it's really like for real, like, okay, I'm really Dr. Jess. And so I think that when patients feel comfortable with you and that you gain that trust with them as a provider, it doesn't matter. The title, I mean, whether they see you as the doctor of nursing or if they see the medical doctor, if you have gained that connection with your patients, they'll, they'll call you whatever you want them to call, whatever you want them to call you, that's what they'll call you. But they, they're trusting you with, with, their, with their health. Their, their families are trusting you with their loved ones. Yeah. And that's what's most important to me is gaining that trust with my patients. And also them seeing me as a real healthcare provider, not, you know, I'm quote unquote, there's so many other names that they give nurse practitioners these days. But what is important that the world or healthcare sees that nurse practitioners are providers. Mm -hmm. we, are the, we are the provider. We're not like, you know, a sub provider. We're not like a halfway provider. We're not, you know, the fill in. We're not a substitute. We are the provider. And the role that I work in, sometimes the patient will see me more than they will see the medical doctor. But it doesn't take from the medical doctor. It doesn't, you know, take or mean that I'm more important than the medical doctor. 
the reality is is that the nurse practitioner role is needed in healthcare. So and much. Yeah, and then the, the nurse practitioners that decide to go back for their doctor degree, they they just want to do more for their patients. If if your heart is healthcare and patient care or whatever it is health related, you are wanting to do more. You are wanting to go that extra mile to improve healthcare and improve the quality of it. And so that's how my role has changed. And, you know, since we already talking about improving, I wonder, did your bank account improve? Like, did this <laughs> extra degree, you know, bring in some extra income? Because I know going for all these degrees, I know that it, it could, you know, sometimes what kind of pulls people away from wanting to go back is just that financial aspect. Like, okay, am I going to be able to, you know, granted I'm doing this because I truly want to bring more improvements into healthcare and I want to be able to bring right. more to my patients. But I also need to make sure I can pay my rent and pay back these student loans. So I wonder right. as well, like does the advancement in the degree also benefit financially for you as well. So for anyone who is considering to go back to their doctor's degree, they kind of know what they're getting into in a way. You know what I mean? Right. So I will say that I am I've been blessed. I'm very blessed. I the 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 company that I currently work for has blessed me phenomenally as far as um, pay scale. Mm -hmm. And I will say that a lot of companies offer uh, something of the sorts like a clinical ladder type of scale. So anything that you do as far as improving your skills, there are companies out there that are willing to pay you for that. So no one should think that, okay, well, I'm not going to go back to my doctor's because, you know, I'm not going to make any more money. But you don't know the doors that can open for you. I mean, you can have your full-time job, whatever you do. And, you know, there's a bunch of universities and colleges out there that are looking for DNPs to do adjunct uh, teaching and clinical adjunct and clinical site visits. So, I mean, there's door, there's opportunities and doors that can open for increased income that you wouldn't normally see it with at just the master's level or a bachelor's level. So, but as I said before, if you go into it with, you know, okay, am I, I'm, am I going to make more money? Mm -hmm. Then you're kind of going in for the wrong reason. Yes. I'm so if you glad have that mindset like that. that I want to help and I want to increase my own knowledge and my own skills, I want to be better at what I do. I'm just going to keep it real. Money's going to come to you. Mm -hmm. if, if you have a mindset to help people and to, to give back, money's going to come to you. So and as far as for me, uh, like I said, I'm blessed. God has been good to me. And um, I'm definitely happy where I am. I would not go back. I would not change anything. I would not say I would not go back. I wouldn't do my doctorate. That was too much money. I'm already in student loan debt. I, I wouldn't change a thing. Not that's, at all. That's awesome. And I like that you brought out the fact that there's so many roles you can go into with your DMP. Because sometimes people only think, oh, DMP, then I could just open a clinic or just work at the bedside. But we have a huge shortage, okay? The nursing field yes. has a huge shortage. Everyone knows that. We're short on nurses, and we're short on those teaching nurses. And we sure right. are short on those that are um, 
that are up to date on nursing that are teaching us. <laughs> so right, exactly, right. People who are going to, you know, take that extra stride of becoming a DNP, and that's whether it's in research, whether it's in education, whether it's in practice, we need exactly. more educators, and we need more yeah. educators that are going to be current with the changes in healthcare. Um, right. I'm not gonna lie, but if you still got a mannequin that don't move or speak or breathe, then you really need to reconsider your nursing school. Um, if you know, I'm just being honest. I mean, we have technology now that, you know, the mannequins are delivering babies. I didn't even know that could happen. Exactly. I did not know that could happen. We are using technology. We're using telehealth. We're using, we're integrating a lot of things in our, in our communities and technology to bring better health care to not only, you know, our patients, but across the world, we're changing developing countries as well. So it's like, we need more DNPs. We really do to be teaching as nurses and bringing in like, you know, that are willing to bring in this innovation changes of healthcare. I, I just, it breaks my heart when I know that there's still nursing schools that are kind of just, you know, still learning things that Nightingale did. And granted, I love her. She, she dope. She right. dope. She's the one who like got us where we are now. <laughs> but, you know, changes happen, you know, modern day changes right. in healthcare completely different from Nightingale's age or from back in the day, 80s and, and, and 70s and stuff. So I love that you brought that to light, that there's so many other things you can do as a DMP and it's not just have to be at the bedside kind of care. Exactly. So you say you work in a clinic already. Is that what, is that what I'm hearing in a clinic? I currently work in long-term care facilities. So talk to me about your role in that, in, in the long-term care facility. Um, because I know I've always heard that, you know, doc DMPs or nurse practitioners end up being like mostly like, you know, overseeing the clinic because they're the highest provider there. So is that the same kind of role you have? Is it also administrative or is it strictly patient care or is it a little bit of both? It's a little bit, uh, well, as far as administrative goes, more so just my own administrative daily tasks that I do. But um, I do a lot of hands-on patient care. So in the long-term care facilities, I am that provider that sees the patients on a daily basis in collaboration with the physicians. But as we know, the availability of physicians can be very limited. So uh, being that I'm available at the facilities, it definitely, one, it helps to keep the patients well. And two, it it helps to keep patients, long-term care patients, out of the hospital. And we know that one of the reasons that drive up healthcare costs is unnecessary hospitalization. So I'm there and I'm seeing patients on a daily basis if Mr. Jones is sick, you know, I can see him right away versus, you know, prior to this type of program, nurses would have to call the doctor, wait for the doctor to call back, give, then give orders. But when you have a provider that's there at the facility, ready to go, it definitely, it helps the patient, it helps the nurses, it helps the family members, you know, it definitely changes the course of what happens when there are acute changing conditions. So I, I definitely love what I do. I love being the provider at the bedside versus, you know, being the provider that just gets the phone call and gives orders because every day I'm learning something new face to face and being hands on. I mean, there's, there's no condition that's the same 
for each patient. You know, there's there's no there's no limit to what I'm learning every day. I'm like, and and this is another thing I just want to throw throw out there with with my DNP. I am still on Epocrates. I am still on Netscape. I am still um, learning every day. Come on. So, you know, learning does not stop because you have a terminal degree. So um, I love being the, the, the one that can help the patient and, and intervene at the right time because we know how quickly someone can decompensate and we know how quickly things can change in the medical field and patients start going down really quick. And these are long-term care patients. So these are this is their home. I'm working in their home and I count it a privilege to be there, you know. Yeah. They want to stay home. A lot of long-term care nursing home patients, they don't want to go to the hospital. Their family members don't want to see them in the hospital. So whatever I can do to care for them right where they are, that's that's what I aspire to do. And um I I, I love hands-on patient care because it keeps me going, it keeps me learning it it keeps my skills sharp i still start ivs so i love it because you know the things i learned as in my associate's degree i'm still using them now <laughs> so how long was your how long was your experience in nursing, like literally being on the floor before you started climbing up to be up, like starting as an associate, then going to your bachelor's and going to your master's and going to your DMP? Like how long were you spending, you know, on the units or at the bedside? Because, you know, the typical stereotype is, you know, before you can go to your DMP, you got to at least invest 20 years. It looked like you have a lot of experience. Oh. Right <laughs> so can you share with me, like, girl, like for real, for real, like how long did you do all this? So I, I graduated uh, with my associate's degree in 2010, and I went Stop. back. Yeah, Stop. I went back for my master's in 2013. What? So that wasn't a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a lot of time. And and then I graduated with my master's as a nurse practitioner in 2015. So I was an RN on the floor for a solid five years before I started working in private practice as a nurse practitioner and i actually had i actually had a nurse a hiring manager tell me as an rn when i went on went for an interview at a hospital and um, i told her i was going back to school for my masters and at that time i probably had only been a nurse for maybe two or three years and she flat out told me you don't have enough experience you you don't need to go back to school right now you need to gain more experience. You, it, she basically just tried to discourage shoot me down. Me. Mm -hmm. Shoot me down. So, and had I listened to that negative voice, I would not. There's not a shadow that I would probably, if I wouldn't be where I am right now, I would definitely be delayed in reaching my goal and mm. doing what I know I was called to do. So. There's no time, there's no limit, there's no, there's no cutoff age, there's no cutoff date, there's no cutoff amount of experience that, you know, that would keep you from getting or obtaining what it is that you want to obtain. Can you so say it again? I want you to say it again for the people in the back, if, just in case they didn't hear it in the back. 
Do not. There is no limitation. There's no. There's no age. There's no time limit. There's no mm. amount of years of experience. Just whatever you want to do. Don't listen to the naysayers. There's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be someone that says you shouldn't do that yet or you should wait. If it's something positive and it's something that you know that you want, you have to go after it. Yes. You have to go for it. And you can't let anyone talk you out of your dreams. You can't let anyone uh, limit you. You can't let and you can't let yourself limit you. You can't stand in your own way. Don't let fear get in the way of what you are called to do or what you have a passion and desire to do. As long as it's something good and positive and you know, you want to make your impact on society and the world. Well, you can't let anyone tell you that you can't do it because you need to tell them, yes, I can. And I left their interview and I did not get that job, nor probably did I want it. Hello? Anymore after you said Thank that. you. <laughs> Keep your position. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> exactly. Mm-mm, not today. So, you know, had I listened to that, and I mean, I've had so much bumps along the way. Um, I, I have stories upon stories of where I've been discouraged or where I failed at things or where I was afraid or you know things that came and life does get to get in the way of things just because you're in school doesn't mean everything else stops I yes mean, family still is family family has problems money gets funny mm. friends they walk away things Love. happen okay even while you're getting your degree so don't don't lose focus if you stay focused on what's important and if this is important to you then you have to go for it and you don't let let anyone tell you any otherwise that you can't do it and this is coming from someone's grandmother who uh became a nurse at 40 so exactly uh, exactly either end (laughs) come through exactly and my grandmother man she she was she was a, a fireball she she didn't let anything stand in her way I mean, she, did she let you know that like, girl, you, you think them summer rides in the car was nothing. She has built <laughs> you from the get go and you didn't even know like this. is. I like, did not even know. I, I did not even know. And she was just such an inspiration to me. And you were an inspiration to a lot of people who are listening to this episode because, you know, that just for you being so authentic and raw and sharing like, yeah, this was a time frame. like girl, 2010, 2008, that's eight years. You've accomplished four different degrees. Yes. Good Lord. <laughs> that is amazing. And, it, and the thing is, you know, people will try to overshine that or say, Oh, you're like, they want to put a cap to your experience and tell you when, yeah, right. that's enough. You can go to the next one, but you continue to use that fuel, that passion, that drive to change healthcare, to get right. to next levels. And I'm glad that you're sharing that because, you know, we need to hear more of this and we need to be more exposed to these different areas that we can do. Um, And I'm really, really happy that you shared with me on what you do in your DMP, um, as a DMP, and and just the pathways there. So what were some challenges you faced when you were in the program? Because it sounds sweet and nice when you get it. Just like when you get into (laughs) nursing school, you're like, oh yes, I got in. It sounds sweet that that this letter is beautiful. But when you in there, you're like, what did I sign up for? Um, Right, exactly. (laughs) So what is that like? Well, I mean, I've had challenges all throughout my education, but 
what the challenges that definitely stand out when I was in uh, for my getting my master's and finding those clinical sites. And I know there's a lot of nurse practitioner students that will probably listen and agree. It was a challenge, like to the point where I thought this is not for me. I am not going to be a nurse practitioner. I'll just be a nurse administrator. That program's easier to get into. I won't need a preceptor or a clinical site. But I knew what I wanted, and I knew that I couldn't give up. So it was a challenge because doctors are busy, other nurse practitioners are busy, and when you live in a town or a city that's saturated with universities and nursing schools, it is hard to get a clinical site. It is hard to get a preceptor. Mm. And I faced that challenge where I almost had to decide what route I was going to take. It was either I was going to be a nurse practitioner. I was going to have to choose a different route. I I was given an ultimatum. Either you find a clinical site by this date or you're not going to be in the program. And I mean, that was a challenge because this is like, this is what I went to nursing for. And here it is. My dream is like on of maybe on hold because of something that you wouldn't think would be a challenge. And it wasn't because I wasn't smart enough. It wasn't because I failed, you know, classes or anything like that. This was something that may seem simple to someone else, but it was a challenge for me. And um, one thing that definitely was a blessing is working in the hospitals. I had gained a relationship with physicians and other nurse practitioners. So I was able to eventually find a clinical site at that time to get into the pro to start the program based on the relationship I built as an RN on the floor. Mm -hmm. So for my RNs and LPNs out there, build those relationships. If you know that you want to go back for a high degree and you know that you're going to need a clinical preceptor or someone even to write a recommendation for you. You want to build those relationships. Now you want to build those solid relationships and you, and it shows people that you're driven and that they really have something good to say about you. They believe in you. They want to help you. You know, that physician who doesn't really want to take another student. Well, he knew that you took care of his patients in the hospital and you did a good job. So he'll precept you. So you want to build those good relationships now. So that was definitely uh, one of my challenges. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've had so many challenges. I, I've had, even in the doctorate degree, um, in the, at the beginning of my last semester, my grandmother, who inspired me, passed away unexpectedly. Oh. So, yeah, so that's why I say when you're in school, Life doesn't just stop because yeah. all of a sudden you get your little degree. <laughs> yeah. Life still goes on. And that crushed me because if there's not one thing I know that she wanted to see, she wanted to see me graduate with my doctorate. Yeah. And there was not a soul who did not know that her granddaughter was a nurse practitioner and getting her doctorate. <laughs> I mean, she talked about me so much. I was like, Grandma, you cannot brag about me like this people don't want to hear about me but she didn't care she talked about me with everyone so when she passed away unexpectedly 
the beginning of this year, that was hard. I, I wanted to quit. I, I was like, I'm, I need to take a semester off. I yeah. can't finish this off right now. I can't do it. Emotionally, I was drained. Mentally, I was drained. I still had to, you know, work full time. And I just couldn't. It was it just hit me so hard. There were days where I would literally open up my laptop to do work and I would just sit at the laptop and just start crying because I, I couldn't believe that my world had changed so quickly yeah. overnight, literally. But I had to encourage myself and I I had to stay close to the Lord and I got through it because the Lord reminded me that he had a work for me to do and that regardless of what his plan was for my grandmother's life and he decided that that day was her day, I had to continue on and do what the Lord was calling me to do. So there's there's so many challenges in and outside of school that will affect how you know how you do or how how you perceive things and and will it get you off course or will you stay on course? Ooh, so girl, let me pass the collection plate. Because mm. <laughs> you drop in all kinds of of valuable needed gems, especially those for us, those of us that are in, in healthcare and, and pursuing the nursing routing and going right. to school, um, especially students. Heck, if I had somebody like you when I was in nursing school, God almighty, I kind of probably would have went back and got my uh, <laughs> master's and all these other degrees, but it's just <laughs> that taste is still in my mouth of nursing school. So I ain't here yet. <laughs> but, um, but I have to say, it has truly been an honor and a, and a pleasure to have you on here to speak about, you know, the life of a DMV nurse and, and what what that even entails and what you went through to become that and and, and just really going in depth and being transparent. And um, yes. I know you're just this amazing, wonderful speaker, and I want people to know how they can reach you. Like, where are you on social media? What kind of platforms do you have that um, you can share with us? So um, for speaking engagements or for motivation, they know who they can follow to keep them inspired on their, on their journey to becoming a doctor of nursing practice. Yes, I'm on social media. I am currently on Facebook and Instagram, and I also have my website. Everything is Dr. Jessica Chung. So Facebook, it's Dr. Jessica Chung. And Instagram, it's Dr. Jessica Chung. And that's D-R-J-E-S-S-I-C-A-C-H-U-N-G. And you can also... uh, go to my website, which is www.drjessicachung.com. Yay. And I will have this on my platform as well, because I want to make sure everybody knows where to get all the resources too. So um, you got it on this episode and I'll also have it on tobytodge.com. So I definitely want to say, Jessica, thank you so much. Hold up. I definitely want to say Dr. Jessica. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Toby. <laughs> for your time and, and just all that knowledge you've shared. You've inspired, girl. You inspired me. Um, not to go back yet, but you've definitely inspired me. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> you've definitely inspired me knowing that, hey, if I really want to pursue this PhD, I really can. Like, it's not impossible yeah. if I want to do a research that helps change, you know, the way we treat nurses, the way we teach them and stuff. And, and that's something exactly. to keep in mind. So um, before I get off, I want you to drop some kind of gem out there for any student who's currently in school right now who probably just 
struggling to get through and needs that motivation. Or maybe there's a nurse out there on a unit that is like this close from like letting go of her license because she doesn't want to do anymore. She's burnt out. What kind of inspiration and encouragement can you give um, any, any of those ranges uh, to keep them inspired to keep going? Don't quit. Keep going. I've wanted to quit so many times and had I quit, you know, back in 2011, if I quit back in 2015, if I quit, if I quitted this year when uh, my grandmother passed away, I would not see the, the fruit of the labor that I see now. So that's my gem. Don't quit. Keep going because someone's depending on you I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast episode. There were so many gems dropped. But let's be honest, who got time to replay, pause, and write down all that information shared? Shoo, I know I don't. But don't worry, I got you. Download Toby Talk's app on Google Play for nursing resources, definitions, and so much more that were mentioned on today's episode. Toby Talk app features show notes that timelines the conversation and lets you click directly to the resource or definition. And it even lets you bookmark the gem for later. Listen, we're too busy learning how to save lives or even saving lives as nurses to deal with a replay button. Toby Talk app is your one-stop shop for podcast episodes and show notes. For more on Toby Talks, like the blogs and videos, go to my website at www.tobytodge.com. And you know I love to hear from you guys, so feel free to slide into my DMs on IG or Facebook and hit me up through email. That's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Again, that's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Till next time, I'll be talking to you soon. <laughs>